This is Laree Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. again is the amazing Dr. Nisi Hudson. She is the chair and science director of the Hood Medicine Initiative. She is a computational biologist with a BS in biology from MIT and an interdisciplinary PhD from the University of Louisville. She directs research efforts and public health communications for Hood Medicine and is the co-host of their Hood Med Chats podcast in partnership with March for Science. Uh, with her and with us today is also returning to the Larry Daniel Favors show, the amazing Dr. Jane Morgan. She's a cardiologist and the executive director of the COVID task force at the Piedmont Healthcare Corporation. Uh, Dr. Morgan develops ongoing outreach uh, between Piedmont and the African-American community. It serves to promote uh, and serves to promote health equity. Uh, she's been evaluating the disproportionately negative impact of COVID-19 on minority communities with the goal of optimizing triage, screening, and algorithms for the overall outcomes management of disadvantaged populations. And she is also a dedicated advocate for clinical trial diversity. Dr. Hudson and Dr. Morgan, it is such a pleasure to have you both here today. Thank you for being with us again. Thank you for having us. So we, we got to talk. Um, I'm, I'm a little, I, I have a confession to make. Uh, Dr. Hudson, I've been outside and I have been raw dogging the air. Uh, I'm wow. sorry. I, I know it's, wow. it's, and I'm going to, I just got to confess <laughs> it because it's true. And I have been lax and loose with it. Um, I don't know if it's because earlier this year I actually did catch COVID um, and ended up having to navigate that. And now I don't know if my defenses are down, but Dr. Hudson, I'm also realizing that I'm raw dog in the air with slightly lower defenses at the same time that the numbers are going up. So I'm back to uh, my, oh my God, we have to wear a mask everywhere. My family's sort of getting whiplash with the way I've been approaching this, but I think and, and y'all know I like to be transparent. That is just sort of the reality of the world right now. And, and we're sort of in this space where people are like, well, it's just going to be here. We're just going to have it. But I got to be honest with you. I'm scared to death of this thing because it was not, not a good experience. It was awful. It was absolutely awful. I have not talked about it on air at all prior to this. So I know some of y'all are shocked. Uh, but I, I want us to have a, a, one of those conversations that can just sort of reground us. It feels great outside. I ain't nothing like being outside with a whole bunch of people. But we can still catch COVID. And we need to just be honest about that and have that conversation. So I feel like I've gone to my confession. I've confessed to my <laughs> medical priestess, the high priestess of my COVID guilt. <laughs> So uh, let's have this conversation. Uh, Dr. Yancey, uh, after now I've just confessed my soul to Dr. Hudson, uh, can you start us off by helping us, reminding us, actually first, Dr. Hudson, respond. Please just respond to my confession. And then Dr. Morgan, I want to come back to you. I didn't tell you. You did. Now, first you of did. all, you know everywhere I go, I have two masks, like two chains. So <laughs> I am, but I understand what it's like, you know, it's summer, everybody wants to have fun, but yeah. you know, these new variants, it's, I mean, people are even sort of in danger sometimes outside, depending on how close you are, whether you're in a dense crowd, because right. we know that, you know, the amount of virus particles that are, people are spitting out of their mouth into your face is a little more, <laughs> it's right. a little denser with these right. variants. So um, I know people want to like, let down the defense and we're tired. I'm tired, but yeah. hold the door. 
Hold, Hold the, the door. door. And and for the record, <laughs> I, I got it wearing masks, but I was in a, I was in rooms where I was one of a thousand uh. people and there was no one else wearing masks. And I mean, it just, it was an overwhelming of this. And you can't be in a space like that for long, even, you know, and I so know. I think after that, I just felt a little <laughs> deflated and was like, well, damn it. <laughs> what am I going to do? Uh, so Dr. Morgan, my apologies. I think I called you Dr. Yancey earlier. He's a, uh, that's another one of the amazing doctors uh, that hood medicine often partners us with. Uh, but Dr. Morgan, can you talk with us about uh, as we think about, you know, trying to be safe as possible, you know, our kids are not in school right now, but they're in summer camps, they're outdoors, and we're still trying to figure this thing out. Can you talk with us about how we as parents have to keep holding that door and we have to keep vigilant and there are ways that we can do so that many of us, frankly, are still a little afraid of. Can you sort of talk us through that process about what we need to know about the vaccines and how we can keep our kids safe today? You know, those are all really important points. And I was listening to your conversation. I'm actually um, out on the West Coast. I live in Georgia, so I'm out in LA this week. And I was probably one of only a handful of people who uh, on the plane, a very large plane, um, had on a mask. Yeah. What I, would, what I would say in the midst of all of this, if you look at the CDC maps of community transmission, mm. the entire country by and large is completely shaded in a solid red. Good that time. means that that means that not only are those levels high, but when we read in between the lines, it means that they are even higher than that because wow. people are home testing or right. not testing at all and um, telling themselves and others that they have allergies or not admitting to any symptoms whatsoever. And so we know that it is so pervasive. In fact, I don't think I know of anyone who doesn't know someone right now today who's positive for COVID. Right. And that really wasn't the case in previous variants. It was not that close into our inner circles. Mm -hmm. um, I was at an event. I came out to LA to come to an event. Um, I agreed to come because they were going to set up testing at the door, not you test one or two days ahead of time, which was just nonsense, always right. nonsense. You tested at the door going in. They had a company come in, you test. Um, and just by testing, about 12 or 15 people called to say that they were COVID positive and would not be able to show up. Now, the question is, would those people have come anyway if that testing barrier hadn't mm. been erected at the front of that event? Right. Um, right. And so that, that begs the question of where are we with all of this sort of complacency? It's here. We're just going to have to live with it. But that really maybe, maybe is correct. Mm. Maybe it's correct. And this will just burn out or maybe we're wrong. Yeah. And we will get into an era where we have even more challenging and formidable variants because of our behavior today. Unfortunately, mm. it's a flip of the coin. We don't know what will happen. So the best thing we can do is to mitigate our behaviors. And I tell you, I had my mask on on the plane. I, I enjoyed it. I took a photo. I'll probably post it. But we must have the courage to be the only one. Yeah. You've got to have the courage to set the pace and do what you know is right. As you said, you were in a room of a thousand people. You felt uncomfortable, but you I also left. felt pressure. <laughs> yes. You felt pressure yes. to not put on a mask and seem as if you were paranoid We've got to have the courage to step out and, and just be the only one. 
Um, maybe people think you're immunocompromised. Maybe people think you have some other medical condition. I, I don't really know, but you've got to be able to put that mask on, especially when you are in indoor situations, especially when you are in public. And I think I, I tweeted a couple of days ago, it's really just unwise for us to think that we can navigate this particular outbreak of this cluster of variants mm. um, and, and not have uh, to pay the, the piper later. You know, what's been troubling me is that when I think about when I did catch COVID, I don't, I, I'm 98% sure it was at a work conference, a uh, convention. And the reason I say this is because after the convention took place, um, I, I got a call for, and I tested positive, I got a call from the state uh, agency that, you know, calls to make sure you're okay and whatever, you know, the protocols. And I told them where I was and they said, was that at the da, 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 da conference? And I said, <laughs> yes, it was. And they were like, there were a lot of people at the da, 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 we da, had da, to bring in our overtime help today for that <laughs> that's exactly We're calling right. in people there's so many yes <laughs> you got it at the conference you got it at the conference and, and so you know again as i mentioned in the beginning i felt kind of after that deflated because i had been hard in the paint the double mask and the sanitizer and the gloves and it felt like afterwards it's like okay Maybe I've been doing too much. And then, you know, that's why I had to make my confessional to Dr. Hudson. And Dr. Hudson, I see no. you saying, nah, sis, you ain't doing too much. Go back to doing that. Uh, when it comes to sort of this reality where people are, are actively saying right now, everybody's going to catch COVID. We're just going to have to live with it. Dr. Hudson, what's the danger that you see there? And before I, I turn back to, to Dr. Morgan to talk particularly about these new strains that appear from the news to say they don't give you no kind of immunity from, you know, the next possible infection. What is it that you're seeing about sort of the psychology of Americans right now? That's like sort of our hands tossed up in the air. Can't do nothing about racism. Can't do nothing about reproductive rights. Can't do nothing about COVID. <laughs> so where do you see See that the failure in public policy that has allowed us to get to this point? Well, I think the failure has always been the same as that we're not prioritizing human life. Mm. I'm gonna say that one more time for the Supreme Court. We're not mm. prioritizing human life. Um, we say that we're pro-life, but our actions speak otherwise. And so as long as we capitulate to the economy and to politicians and to right-wing nutcases who have really imperiled our entire species at this point by being utterly resistant to vaccination or any mitigation measures. Um, the more COVID wins, that's what COVID wants. It needs hosts, mm -hmm. it's a parasite. Mm -hmm. um, so the more open, naked face, breathing mouth it has, the more opportunities it has to mutate, to adapt, to learn humans inside and out and figure out better ways to kill us. Yeah. Definitely to infect us. Yeah. Um, right now, we've been fortunate that the, these variants are just adapting in ways that make them more contagious and able to reach more hosts. But keep playing and it'll get around to figuring out how to kill us better as well. Mm. Dr. Morgan, that part right there, uh, every time Dr. Hudson drops a dime, I, I feel a little part of me just oh, <laughs> I have to, I have to <laughs> grapple with it because it's just truth. And that is what speaking um, truth does. Uh, it should cause you to have that reality or that reaction. Uh, Dr. Morgan, I, I recently took my kids for their annual checkups and, you know, they, they got up to date on, you know, all the other vaccines that they needed. And then came the question of have they been boosted? And I was like, <laughs> no. 
my husband and I got boosted, but, uh, we, you know, they haven't been boosted. And I, you know, in my, even as much as I consume information about the pandemic, I did not even think about them having a booster shot, even though I know that like technically everyone kind of now can, but in my mind, I had just sort of pushed it to the side. And my, the, the nurse practitioner who was seeing them uh, for the vaccines was like, they need that booster. And I was like, well, you know, I was going to time it because I heard there was a new booster coming out in the fall. So I figured we could get that one. And then, you know, we just had COVID a couple months ago. And she was like, she did the math. She was like, you had COVID over three months ago. Do not count on any of that immunity. And according to these newer strains, you may not have any immunity at all from reinfection. Dr. Morgan, talk with us about the particular nature of these strains that are out right now. I think it's, what is this? The B, hold on, I got it in the notes. BA4 and BA5. Thank you, Dr. Hudson. Uh, What is it (laughs) that we need to know about these strains and why it is that we should not be confident that having caught COVID recently will provide us some measure of protection from catching it again? You know, the, uh, the PA in your pediatrician's office really did you um, a great service and mm. um, had talked to her. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we um, absolutely understand about the BA4 and BA5 variants is that their invasive properties have been the most superior to any of the previous variants. And don't forget, this is all a sublineage of Omicron. We're talking about, you know, first and second generation variants. This is the most successful family that we have seen. Um, And, you know, and they are not all equally as successful, but they are as a family, very, very successful. Sort of like the Jackson Five. All very successful. They were not all equally successful, but as a family, Mm. they were successful and they had renowned um, attention and a claim. And that's how we should look at these Omicron variants. And B4 and B5 have been particularly infectious. (laughs) That they can come back and reinfect you and reinfect you. It's like Michael Jackson. He could just keep giving another Grammy and another Grammy and another Grammy while BA2 Tito really isn't doing that much. He got burned out. But the family as a whole, the Jacksons, mm. are still very relevant. Yes. So we and have we BA4 and BA5. BA this is, is like. That will come out of a trend. We don't know what the next generation <laughs> that will come out of that Jackson family and what that will do. But we know oh, as God. a family, it always has the potential to strike, right? So these so, variants, if I, if I hear you correctly, these are the Janet and Michaels of the Jackson family. So this Omicron family, uh, it, like maybe Delta was the Beatles, you know, uh, maybe, you know, uh, uh, whatever came before that was, you know, new addition. But we're talking about the Jackson Fives right now. So we're going to hit all the generations, the Jackson Fives. And we got Janet and Michael moonwalking <laughs> into our respiratory system, beating it and bringing all the thrillers. It's because like, I literally, want you back. <laughs> That's really what it is. I want you back by the Jackson 5 because mm. even if you had prior immunity, it's changing up the game. So it's reinventing itself. It's like we Michael after he got his you know, new face. You know, and you can be thing. reinfected in a shorter time as three or four weeks. So don't think, oh, I just wow. had it. So I'm not going to get it again. No, you can be reinfected and reinfected. And that is the, um, the, the tragedy and also the, the anomaly because we also don't know what is going to be the long-term effects of people who have been 
infected and reinfected, have had it two times, have had it three times. And wow. we know that long uh, term COVID, long haul is impacting um, a large number of people, 10 mm. to 20% of people who receive, who uh, contract COVID. That's, you know, in the United States, there's going to be a large number of people. There's going to be 40, 50, 60 million people on some degree of disability. What is going wow. to be the long term impact of this? And we're talking about mental health. We're talking about cardiac health. We're talking about pulmonary health. Um, we're, you know, we're talking about just the ability to uh, retain information, brain fall, all type disability comes in a number of different for formats. Mm. And so this complacency, and let me just say this, also driven by the lack of leadership by the CDC. I just want to say that again, the lack mm. of leadership and visibility by the CDC in the middle of this um, pandemic with the entire nation shaded red and the CDC is silent. I am just, I'm perplexed. I'm perplexed. Mm. Not only are they silent, they keep sharing the community levels map, which is really just a measure of hospital capacity. So it looks green. It's evergreen on their channels. If you go to the right. CDC right now, they're the, not sharing the red map. They, well, mm. It's on there, but you've got to click a couple of clicks over and you can see it. And if you ever follow me on Twitter, Instagram, I post it. They do post it, but it's not the most easily accessible. No, they uh -huh. post it on the site, but they never share it on social media. That's so right. they're always sharing the green map, which and is a that disservice. green map, Dr. Hudson, just to be clear, the green map that the CDC always shares, what exactly does that display? So it's certain community levels, but it's measured by um, Hospital hospitalizations. Capacity. So right. it's really about hospital capacity. Whereas, so, but which is good in a way, because it's letting us know that these new variants aren't necessarily more severe in terms of illness and hospitalizations. But when you look on the community transmission levels map, which you can just click on the data source, when you look at the CDC tracker and click community transmissions, hmm. it's at the bottom. <laughs> okay. And then you see a bright red, beet red. It's map. our job to bring it to the top. Let's keep <laughs> yeah. bringing it to the top. <laughs> Let, let's talk about the booster schedule because it was kind of a like a, an in-your-face shock moment when my, my uh, pediatrician's office was like, no, they, they need a booster. Because for my oldest child, I was like, okay, yeah, he's now eligible for the booster. I don't think I'd actually realized my eight-year-old was also eligible for a booster. And, and now that I know that this other, there might be another formula of the booster coming out in November, should I get a boost now so I can rock out through the summer and then get a boost later this fall? Should I, you know, just stay back inside and wait until that fall booster comes out? Should I get my kids boosted now? Uh, Dr. Morgan, what are your thoughts on these types of questions? So the boosters coming out in the fall, you know, they're different. There are two different schools of thoughts on that. So I'll give you both schools of thought. One is that it probably is better if you can, um, have a, uh, a judicious lifestyle over the summer and wait for uh, the booster in the fall, then those boosters which still may not be available until October or so. So this mm. is quite a long time. May, uh, will be more directed towards the Omicron variants in the Omicron family and therefore may be more effective at uh, preventing this chronic reinfection that we're seeing. Mm. Okay, that's one school of thought. Second school of thought is as the variants evolve, by the fall, we may be into something else that's not Omicron. 
why would we develop an Omicron specific vaccine when we see these variants continue to change? By the time we have a vaccine, the, the, uh, the variant has moved on to some other letter in the Greek alphabet, right. and we're continuing to chase this eight ball. And then I guess I'll say there is a third school of thought to say, however, that could be true, Dr. Morgan, but however, if we have this new formulation, it probably would still be more effective against future variants than our original formulation that was developed against that first strain, um, the, or the, the um, original strain out of Wuhan. So mm. wouldn't a more advanced formulation, even though uh, variant specific, may be more effective against future variants. That's a guessing game because what? The virus isn't telling us what its next variant is going to be. <laughs> Best okay. poker player uh, ever. No. <laughs> um, and, so, and, so in, and so those are all the schools of thought, all right? And nobody's necessarily right or wrong. We are all hedging and using science as best we can to develop it. It's like developing the flu vaccine. It's never 100% right. right. We try to get as many variants as we can in there. Um, I think it's great to move forward and have your children um, immunized and boosted as soon as possible because you really want to try to mitigate that reinfection, mm. that the, the getting infected and then getting reinfected, then getting reinfected. And then children also being a nidus of spread in society, asymptomatic because they are less likely to get sick, but they also have the potential to be super spreaders in, in society as well. Right. Right. Sticking with this for a minute, um, you know, I'm a I'm a Gen X kid. I'm like at the last edge of the Gen X before we slip into millennialdom. And I thought I had gotten the smallpox vaccine. And I'm raising this in relation to conversations right now and concerns about monkeypox. Uh, I could not find my original uh, immunization card. So I don't, and I, I'm close enough in the seven, the later end of the seventies to where I don't actually know if they were still immunizing people when I was born for smallpox. Uh, and I was told that because I, I may not have had it, could have been, could have been. Uh, but I've been told that because monkeypox is a part of the smallpox reality, I don't know if that's true. So please correct that if that needs to be corrected. What do we know about what's happening with monkeypox? What's the outlook on it? Do we need to be thinking about a vaccine for monkeypox? Would smallpox vaccine do enough there? Uh, what are your thoughts on, on this latest and greatest uh, edition of, of virus musical genius or whatever we're going to, I don't know what group we're going to give this to Dr. Hudson. <laughs> Those are all great questions. And when you look at the smallpox First of all, smallpox was eradicated completely worldwide in 1980. Mm. Prior to 1980, wow. you probably, you probably received a smallpox vaccine. It was completely eradicate, eradicated from planet Earth in 1980. Wow. And by the way, that was, that was with no thanks to um, a Black slave named Onesimus. Talk to us about Onesimus. The, the, the value and the technique of what was called variolation to the United States. He was a slave and they did not want to listen to this slave who understood in his words, you take the pus from one of these small pox, you take the juice from one of these small pox pustules and cut yourself and put the juice in the pus, in the cut and you will therefore be protected. He brought that technique. Because of him, we then utilized the cowpox to develop our smallpox vaccine and then later eradicated from planet Earth. 
That was from a black man named Onesimus, who was a slave and no education in the medical establishment in Boston, Massachusetts, didn't even want to listen to him, as you can imagine, yeah. because what would a black man have to say? And we are all the esteemed scientists of the era, but there is nothing like reality, as, as, uh, as um, Mike Tyson once said, Everybody thinks they've got the answer, right? So you get hit in the face. I am uh, terrified. <laughs> uh, then Boston had a big smallpox outbreak, right? In, in right. the 1720s. And after a year of death, suddenly Onesimus's idea was, was maybe, maybe had found its time. Right. And they decided that they would uh, work on this variolation. And because of that, they saved many, many lives. Now, of course, he never got credit for it, right? Cotton Mother, who's his owner, uh, received credit for it. And he is the name that is in our history books. And that is what we study in school because our education and history is of no importance in this country. So we don't learn our history and others don't learn our history. It's not African-American history, it's American history. So I want to start that while I answer your question with smallpox. Now, as we move on, smallpox was eradicated in 1980. You probably got the vaccine. It's in a family called the orthopox families. This family of viruses includes smallpox, cowpox, um, and monkeypox. Mm, Chickenpox, chicken although it sounds like pox, is in another family of viruses, the herpes family of viruses. So if you have received the smallpox virus, it's kind of like one of those old Sesame Street, one of these things doesn't belong, smallpox, chickenpox, monkeypox, cowpox, chickenpox doesn't belong. Chickenpox okay. is in another family, or it's like a standardized exam test, a trick question. Mm -hmm. So if you've been immunized against smallpox, not only do you have lifelong immunity against smallpox, but you also wow. have some degree of immunity from monkeypox, some degree, not wow. lifelong and not 100%, but your smallpox vaccine does provide some degree of immunity from monkeypox. Your chickenpox vaccine, or if you've had chickenpox as a child or as an adult, confers zero immunity and protection against monkeypox. It's in the herpes virus family. Okay. So I'm, I'm, Fairly confident I might be covered. Uh, my kids definitely are not. And when they had the, the chicken pox vaccine. But partially <laughs> covered, not partially. 100%. Okay, right. partially and, covered. And there are specific monkey pox vaccines. We, you know, monkey pox is not common. We, the, uh, we have stores of them here in the United States, um, mostly for the military um, and for specific laboratory workers who work specifically with monkeypox. So we don't have large stores of them. And so that will need to be ramped up when we see other countries beginning their uh, immunization ramp up for monkeypox as well as we see it begin to increase, mostly in men having sex with men. Um, it doesn't mean that it's a sexually transmitted disease, but because the disease is spread by skin-to-skin -skin contact, it oh. is sexually transmissible. Okay. It's not sexually transmitted, it's sexually transmissible because it's that close skin-to-skin -skin contact. Also, respiratory droplets as well. I was just going to say, okay, so if I'm not touching nobody, I'm cool. But then you got me with the respiratory droplets, doc. There's always a catch. So, you always. know, respiratory droplets are different from aerosol. They don't go far from your mouth and they sort of drop right down. Mm. Um, they, you can have 
short distance aerosol if you're really close to somebody. But you're right. All of the mitigation measures that we use for um, COVID are very helpful for monkeypox. Wearing a mask, practicing social distancing, not touching people, keeping your hands clean. Um, it all applies for monkeypox as well. That's good to know. For those of us who still have masks <clears throat> and who actually wear them, hey. yes, hands up. I just got a new shipment in from Project N95. Shout out to that organization that always ensures uh, the masks are quality. Uh, Dr. Dr. Hudson, you know, we don't have a mask mandate right now. And as I was boarding the plane to go down to, to Virginia last week, uh, I was talking to, to some of the, the folks, the, the beautiful women, the sisters who were working at the gate, and they were like, yeah, it used to be real bad. They, if you had a mask just below your nose, they used to tell you to get off the plane. And I was like, well, yeah, but now no one has on a mask. And I feel like the odd one out. And they were like, yeah, <laughs> so, you know, but nothing, no, nowhere we could really go with that. Uh, Dr. Hudson, without a mask mandate, there's no mitigation measures on a societal level. And, and I, I should also say that when I did catch COVID, I'm nine, as I said, I'm 99.9% sure it came from that conference, but it also could have come from my daughter's school because she was now at school where they were no longer wearing masks. No one in her, she might wear a mask. One of the other two black kids in her class might wear a mask, but for the most part, they did not have masks on. So it, it, those two places. Do they test at your daughter's school? No, no, they don't. No, they don't. So you're right. You're right. 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 So with, with no mask mandate, the conference I was at, there was no mask mandate. They said they were testing. Did they test mm-hmm. though? No, they did not test though. They said they were going to check. Did they check though? No, they did not. That's why I'm not going to say the name of the conference. I still got to work with these people. Um, there's no social, societal, legal thing that we can now point to to say, well, no, this rule says we have to wear a mask because we are still in a pandemic. Without that sort of pressure, uh, how that's, do that's we... That's the CDC's role. That's and the they're, and they're mm. losing public health confidence wow because that's that's literally their role Mm. yeah what do you say when you hear that dr hudson that that's the cdc's role and we actually had a caller on uh who wasn't wanted to talk about trusting the cdc and and following i'm sorry we weren't able to get to that call uh they were someone who was saying i think if i read the notes correctly you know why don't people just listen to the cdc but what i hear you both saying is that the cdc has sort of fallen down on the job uh dr hudson how do we manage personal risk in an environment where our primary medical authorities aren't are out to lunch uh, and people like you are screaming, not into the void, but because I think people are very receptive to hood medicine and the way that y'all do your work. How are we supposed to manage personal risk? I mean, me and my kids having a mask on, on a plane surrounded by people who don't, are we managing yeah. personal risk? I mean, uh, at what point does it feel futile? I mean, it felt futile uh, like over a year ago for me, yeah. honestly, but yeah. we're not going to quit. But the thing is, is, Again, it's about the nature of depravity in our society, how we don't look out for each other. Um, And that's why we always just say, you know, we all we got. And Mm. your last line of defense is right here at your mouth. Mm. That's anybody's last line of defense. Mm. And I think what's what we're seeing, what we've seen over the past two years with our leadership, with the CDC, with public health officials is that it's difficult to just try to stop on a dime and cover all the populations that you intentionally disenfranchise, that you deliberately leave out of of coverage and care and access to healthcare. It's hard to stop on a dime and try to like reach out to those populations for the sake of all humanity. They're Mm. failing. Mm. Um, 
And that's why we try to just invert the lens and make sure everyone understands that it's up to us then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's up to you, it's up to me. And as parents, it's certainly our responsibility. All of your children have shot records. I promise you, otherwise they couldn't get into school. That's right. You've been protecting them since they were infants with vaccinations and they work because as Dr. Morgan just said, we haven't had smallpox since the eighties. It was completely eradicated Mm. because of vaccines. Right. Right. And no matter how much propaganda or disinformation has gone out about the COVID vaccines, and even if people are still resistant, fine, cover your mouth. And guess what? There's protein-based vaccines coming out now that are more traditional, that are the kind that you've been taking your whole life. Get one of those. Mm. But don't just give up because COVID's not going to give up. It's not. Somebody said, uh, Zoomerang, uh, a listener on um, the show, a listener to the show said that they had tweeted earlier that this disease has survival intelligence and you all just confirmed that. Uh, so I am going to be getting my children boosted. I am going to be getting my booster. My husband's, oh, I already got a booster. I will be getting another one. Y'all, I done went from, ooh, a vaccine for COVID. I ain't doing that to sounding like Prince. Boost me, baby. Like, I just, I got to do it. Like, at this point, I'm, I'm right there. So we got the Jackson family. We got Prince in this analogy. I don't know how many other musical uh, connections we can make uh we just have a few minutes left uh dr morgan how can people follow you and then dr hudson i'm going to ask you the same you know certainly follow me on uh instagram and twitter on um at dr jane morgan d-r-j-a-y-n-e-m-o-r-g-a-n um i post a lot of information there science relevant always science-based on linkedin i am jane morgan md always a y in jane that's uh, the most common reason people can't find me. Um, and I'm on YouTube as well. Love it. Dr. Hudson, how can people follow you and the good folks at Hood Medicine? So um, you can find us and donate at hoodmedicine.org or we're at. Hood I'm sorry, you said medicine. they could find you and do what? And donate. Find you and do <laughs> to what? To a worthy cause. Uh, one more donate. time. What was that? Don't, okay, right, right. I just want to make sure we heard donate. that part. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> or we're at more on the socials at. at hood underscore medicine and you can also support by making us your amazon smile charity or buy some of our cool merch at um, our bonfire store and um we're here every month and the merchandise is cool i (laughs) get some of their merchandise on i I love it we're we're here every monday on routine checkup with hood medicine and the larry daniel paper show so please come back Yes, yes, yes. I so appreciate you guys. You, you, you help me to just feel like I have, there are good people in the world who are intentional about putting good information in the world to keep us all safe. I'm so grateful for you, Hood Medicine. I'm so grateful for you, Dr. Morgan, uh, Dr. Hudson. Just ah, love you guys. Thank you for being with us again. We appreciate you. 